and welcome to Artbox DNV. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I was able to catch up with Butch Anthony at the Museum of Wonder in Seal, Alabama. Butch is a self-taught artist whose work ranges from painting on found objects to sculpture. His subject matters ranges from playful subjects to words or conversations he overhears. We talk about that and talk about his beginnings in art, the Museum of Wonder, and intertwingalism and what that is. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. First and foremost, thank you again for doing this. I appreciate it for you taking up the time doing it. And um, so let's just jump right in. Uh, if you could introduce yourself and how you started your odyssey in art. Well, I'm Butch Anthony from Seal, Alabama, and started making art when I was little. I was walking in the creek one day when I was about 14 and found a dinosaur bone. This old man was out there with me, and he stumped his toe on something. He thought it was a piece of metal sticking out of the mud. And I got down, and he said, somebody needs to dig that thing up. So I went down there with my pocket knife and dug it out. And it was, uh, I took it to Auburn, and it was a bone, a big vertebrae. Oh, wow. Of a 65-million-year-old mosasaur, this big sea creature that swam around back in the Cretaceous days, days of the dinosaurs. Oh, Seal wow. was the shoreline back in 65 million years ago. This is like Panama City Beach here. So all the dinosaurs... It died along the shore. There's a big concentration of them right through here. So I got into bones then. So I put that bone in the barn on a little pedestal, and people started coming around looking at it and started finding other things, and people started bringing me all kind of weird stuff, and that's how the museum started. Then I started turning it into art and making That's how I got into painting. Yeah. So, um, when, so you went to school. Did you go to Auburn or? Yeah, I went to Auburn University in 1980. Oh, okay. And I uh, studied zoology. The teachers that I showed the dinosaur bone to, they talked me into going over there. And so I used to go all over the country with them digging up dinosaur bones because I could spot them real good. Yeah. <laughs> Were you, as they say, like a um, a, dino, uh, a dinosaur uh, bone whisperer? Then you could just like find it out in the, uh, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> dinosaur whisperer. <laughs> but I didn't study art. I didn't know anything about art when I grew up. We we had two paintings hanging in our house: Blue Boy and Pinky. Those are my old prints from the dime store. Oh wow, <laughs> that's the only art we had. Yeah, I didn't know what art was, but I just started doodling around and it turned into art well i was gonna say it turned into what it turned into yeah yeah um so uh one of the other questions i wanted to ask was does zoology and geology and biology influence your work and, and how does that do that if it does today or it used to oh yeah because i use a lot of bones I'm, yeah <laughs> so people i go out in the woods and find bones and drag up dead roadkill and I got a cage I put it in and it takes about two years for the bugs and ants and stuff to eat all the stuff off of it and then 
Uh, then I take them and wash them and throw them up on my barn, and the sun bleaches them out white. And then I weave them into these big giant quilts. Yeah. What? Uh, what? How did you come across of doing the first quilt? You just said like I got all these bones, and it just kind of clicked to make the quilt, or? Oh yeah. Well, when I throw them up on the barn, I kind of spread them all out, and uh, so the so I have to flip them and flip them so the sun bleaches them out white. Yeah. And then they're laying up there on the barn. It looks like a giant quilt like my grandmother used to make back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I said, well, I'll just weave all these together and people like it. <laughs> well, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So um, the other thing that uh, I was really interested in is you – essentially came up with one word to describe your work. And when I mean work also, I mean your process, your artwork, your, your everything. Yeah. And how did you come about uh, this word, the interwrangleism? Uh, and Inter yeah. intertwangleism. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Intertwangleism. Yeah. What, what is the, what's behind that? What's the philosophy of that? Yeah, well, everybody's coming around and saying, I don't know what kind of art you call this stuff you're doing. I didn't know what I what it was either, so I just made my own. Everybody had their own ism. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Cubism, whatever. Yeah. So I said, well, I'll make my own ism up. So I said, it's <laughs> intertwangleism. It's like inner means to mix, and twang is like a distinct way of speaking, and ism is a theory. So it's my theory on mixing stuff up and telling a story. Yeah, telling a story without having to talk so much. <laughs> you know, that's what I like about art. You know, it can tell a story without having to talk, you know, yeah. uh, unlike a radio show, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do much talking. <laughs> well, you know, that's fine. You're lucky to catch me. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, let me write down the date. <laughs> so, uh, when you when you go out and find work, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. When you go and find uh, materials that you then transform into your work, is there anything that you that catches your eye, like some of the prints that you buy or the bones you find? Is it some kind of uh, or uh, sometimes I know you you have a book of words that you like to write down. Does does both the processes work together, or is it a separate thing that then they both then come together? Yeah, it depends on what I find. I like to paint over other people's stuff. So I go out and find old portraits and old oil paintings and just the ones that have a certain look to them, mainly from the, the old portraits are from 1800s, uh, 1890, around there. And they have really cool frames and they're pretty spooky looking. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so I'll spook them up a little better. I'll put bones <laughs> all over them and then... Then uh, if I hear somebody saying something, I'll, I got a little book I carry around and write it down. <laughs> so uh, do you ever think of your paintings as being somewhat like of a diary? Oh, yeah. I should have been writing them all. I was writing them all down to start with, keeping a record, number one, number two, number three. But after about 10,000, I gave up on that. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I've probably painted twenty or 30,000 paintings, I guess. Well, that just means you're a busy artist. That's what that means. Or I should say a, a very uh, busy creative. 
Yeah, going wide open every day. <laughs> but it's hard to find a junk. I've like wiped out all the old junk stores around here. For oh, geez. Portraits and stuff. So now people are sending them to me from all over. We get to find a lot up, up in Tennessee and Ohio. It's a lot of like Amish folks up there, and they have two of these portraits hanging in every house up there. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so you, now you have to source out out of the area that you live in. That's <laughs> well, yeah. Cleaned them out around here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, do they now recognize you when you come in? Just see if they have anything. They're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah, some old lady the other day said that. Look out, he don't sell him none of your kin folks because he'll paint them damn bones all over them. <laughs> oh, but it's for the greater good, lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm I'm pretty sure you're known around there as the guy who paints over old paintings now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll paint over anything. <laughs> So what kind of drew you to painting opposed to uh, making your sculptures? Uh, is it just, just like I said earlier, is just something the mood strikes you? Or is it just as you find stuff, you go, okay, I'll paint it. Or, you know what, I got this brick. I can do something with this brick and with a key. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just look through my piles of junk. I <laughs> do a lot of dumpster diving stuff. Have little piles out here through the woods, and I'll just go out there and dig in it, and then see something that goes with this paint, and then I'll go stick it on it, or paint bones on it, or sometimes I wire them on there right over it, like real bones. So, uh, then, so then you you want to have a place to kind of show it, and um, is that how or or uh, how the uh, Museum of Wonder started? Is this the, oh, yeah. the place to show work? Yeah, it started out just with that one bone in there, and then people started bringing me stuff, and then it turned into filling it. Nobody had it, it wasn't much for people, a busload of people come up and look. There's one bone sitting there. So, <laughs> man, I got to put more in here. So yeah. I just started gathering then. And yeah. Then I started making art and putting it around, and people started buying it. So I just, just kept on going. Yeah. So now I got like five buildings slapped full of stuff. And then too many people started coming, so I had to put a gate up at the driveway. And, oh, geez. And I, I built a um, drive-through museum up on the road so they can just drive through and look in the windows and keep on going. <laughs> I was getting so many people I couldn't um, couldn't make stuff. Yeah. Oh, I can understand that because you have to stop and talk and what have you. Which, by the way, thank oh, you again yeah. for doing the interview because I'm sure you, I'm stopping you right now from working. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a lot of work giving a tour. So now I just give out and gate once a month and give tours. Well, it takes about takes about two or three hours, and I tour them around all the buildings and. So uh, I happen to notice that you also have uh, what looks to be a Bigfoot collection. Is is am I remembering correctly? Oh yeah, I make all kind of stuff. And um, somebody said they saw Bigfoot in Seal one time, and the sheriff called me up. Somebody saw Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I made, I said, did you get a track cast of it? So I went over there. He said, told me where it was. And I went over there and I didn't see a track. So I just dug a track in the ground and poured plaster in it. <laughs> I went from there. <laughs> so people started to bring me all kind of stuff. Bigfoot hair, Bigfoot tooth, Bigfoot wow. this. Wow. Bigfoot poop. <laughs> yeah. I got it all in jars stuck in there. That is interesting. So um, it, <laughs> what, what? I wonder how that conversation went. It's like, hey, I got some some uh, a big a piece of Bigfoot. And you're like, all right, great. I'll, I'll take it. And you're like, well, it's the poop. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is the one item in your museum that you are really proud to have to, to display? Well, um, I have a jar with a bunch of little objects that some doctor up in Columbus, Georgia, pulled out of little kids' throats. You know, little kids are always swallowing stuff. So yeah. That's a cool little display. Oh, that is kind of cool. Safety pens and rocks and marbles. And then I got, what else? I got a world's largest gallstone doctor cut out. Well, yeah, doctors find a lot of weird stuff. Some stuff's so weird i can't even talk about it you just have to see it <laughs> yeah well yeah you don't want to give away everything that is true yeah because <laughs> i definitely want to go and see it yeah people swallow some weird stuff yeah i i can believe that it, it's it's if it's small enough they'll go well i wonder if i can swallow this and they, it gets stuck a bit <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a snow globe that someone's tried to swallow too <laughs> <laughs> like i said weird stuff right Weird stuff. So kind of shifting back to your work, and this kind of includes or encompasses your museum, uh, the work that you do, you know, finding this, your, this stuff and putting it together, uh, the work that you do, uh, what does it say about your ideas? Well, it just shows that you don't have to live in New York City to make art. People say, oh, you ought to move to New York. You can sell a bunch of stuff up there. Well, I hmm. do find this here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I don't I'll, have any competition around here. <laughs> any competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that uh, if you do good work, they will find you, which is you just proved that you had to put a gate up, you know, so. Yeah. And. It is interesting that uh, people would tell you to go to New York because then it would change your whole concept of the work you do, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I like to go off. I'll have shows here and there. I just did one in Austin, Texas, and then Miami at the Art Basel, Basel, whatever it is down there, and that was fun. Get to meet a lot of people and see a lot of stuff, get a lot of ideas. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say you probably walk away with a lot of ideas. Yeah. The ones not to do and the ones that you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it sometimes. <laughs> so fun. so then I, I wanted to know, too, um, does a, like emotional and social content uh, come into play into your work? Because uh, I know that you have your book of words of things you've heard or picked up or thought about. Um, is that kind of that, that sense of where your, your emotion and social contents play into your work? It's kind of a yes or no kind of question. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the best, when I write words on the paintings, the uh, best work, place to find um, good quotes or words is stand in line at the Walmart 
<laughs> not behind a bunch of ladies. You'll hear everything in the world. I'm oh. steady sitting there writing. <laughs> and I'm sure you also get some local gossip too while you're while you're waiting in line. <laughs> oh yeah. They all kind of stuff. I was up there the other day and some lady said he don't know me from Adam's house cat. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Let's drop like that on a painting. <laughs> well, there was one that my grandmother would say all the time. Um, it, it was uh, some kind of like in terms of, uh, well, excuse me, you know, kind of thing. But she would say, excuse me for falling out the hearse. And huh. and when I saw some of your work, that, that her, her phrase came out and, and made me think that's like, that's something that I think, you know, uh, Butch would want to write on one of his, his paintings, you know, because it is funny. And it's kind of interesting. She's like, well, you know. I'm dead. Why? Excuse me for falling out of my own hearse at my own funeral. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need to start carrying a book around and write some words down you here and send them to me. Yeah. Oh, I probably should. I, I could probably fill a lot of books for you. <laughs> 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 One of the other things that uh, I, I was doing research on in when we were uh, before I was preparing for the interview, I couldn't help but notice that uh, that you were on an episode of American uh, Pickers. What was oh, your yeah. What was your experience like being on that show? Because I think it was what first season. Oh yeah, well, I didn't know what it was. People are always coming used to when I had the gate open. Anybody drive in here, and they just drove up one day and started. They said, can we film where we're doing a little TV show? And it was just like three people, the two guys and one cameraman. Oh, wow. So I was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And so I let them through there, and they bought a few things. And, and then it came on TV on the History Channel, and, and people started coming from all over. <laughs> I saw you on TV. People were calling me from over in Europe and everywhere else. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, well, I was on there twice. Oh, I didn't realize you were on there twice. Yeah, I think I'm the only one to ever be on American Pickers twice. Wow. (laughs) But when they came back, like three years later, they um, had about 20 cars and about 100 people following them around with notebooks and cameras and microphones. They didn't didn't got big time. Yeah, (laughs) that is big time right there. Because if you're just, you know, that's the thing. I, I'm, I try to run slow and low and uh, just me, you know, it's just me out there. And, you know, I, I don't know if I could have an entourage, you know, because yeah. <laughs> that would, you know, mess up my process. So what, did, they, did they buy anything um, the second time they came to visit or they just came by to visit? They um, came to the auction. We had a little <clears throat> junk auction up here in Seal called the Possum Trot. Oh. And they came to that and sold some of their junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> well, I guess you can't really complain about that, I guess, if they're selling stuff at the trot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun, but those TV shows are a lot of work, too. Yeah, they are. They are. I have participated in working on a few in my, myself, and they are a lot of work. You don't see that, but it, it is a lot of work. Yeah, well, this man, this filmmaker from California, Les Blank, he came back in the 90s and he followed me around for 20 years filming oh, stuff. Wow. He hooked the wires and stuff. But um, he liked all my bone stuff. He um, put in his will, he just 
died in 2013, I think it was. And in his will, he put that he was to be buried in a green cemetery and worms put on top of him. And then in five years, I'm supposed to go dig him up and make a sculpture out of him. Well, that's kind of yeah, cool. It's <laughs> a little creepy, but cool, right? But I think yeah. that's cool. It's also, you know, play, playing homage to you. So I think that's pretty nice of him to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I hadn't done it yet. I'm kind of <laughs> scared. <laughs> Get out there and shovel. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> you might want to bring a couple of people just to help you just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to, uh, this is the last question I'm going to ask you, actually. Uh, it's, you know, I know this is a pretty quick little interview. All right. Um, and, and I ask this with everybody uh, on the show, and it's not an, a question right or wrong or anything like that, but it is more of a, an introspective kind of question. And the question is, what advice would you give to your past self and to other artists? Well, to other <clears throat> other artists, I'd say just keep on trucking because uh, people are going to come along, along eventually and like your stuff. You just keep on getting up and doing it every day. Persistent. Yeah. yeah. You just got to keep on pecking at it. <laughs> got to keep on pecking. Keep on working. Just got to do the work. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, as long as you do good stuff, people will come around wanting to look at it. Yeah. Take it home with them. <laughs> Hopefully take it home with them, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what would I have done different? Uh, nothing, I guess. Not in the art world part. Right. Could have done a lot of other things different, but... <laughs> Well, you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go through those, but, you know, because we all have a little bit of things that we wish you could have done differently. I know for my myself, definitely, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a little traveling show that goes to different museums around the country. We did, it went to Charleston, and then it went to Albany Museum, and now it's fixing this spring, it's going to go to the LaGrange Museum in LaGrange, Georgia. So it'll be there for about two months. And it's a big display. It takes me about a week to get it all set up and ready to roll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I go give a little talk there. and I like doing the museum shows. Yeah, do you have a chance to, you know, I guess talk to people who are uh, your fans of your work too, right? Oh, yeah. They'll have a big opening thing and talk to everybody. But, and then I find different stuff in those different towns. So, yeah, y'all got some old paintings in your attic? Let me crawl up in there and see what I can find. I was going to say, if you ever make it back up to this area, I'm sure you could come out to the countryside uh, and definitely find a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. You probably got stuff up in your attic you don't even know about. Yeah, I... Um it's been a while since I've been up there, and you're probably right. I might have to have, uh, find something and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be on the lookout. Oh, yes, sir. Um, All right. Is there anything that um, that I should have asked you, but uh, I didn't? No, it sounds good. Oh, okay. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, good job. I get the gold star for the day, don't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you again, sir. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. All righty. Well, bye-bye. All right. Bye. I want to thank Butch for taking the time to do the interview. If you want to learn more about Butch and the Museum of Wonder, check out the website at museumofwonder.com. The Museum of Wonder is also on Instagram at Museum of Wonder. To hear this episode and past episodes of Artbox DNV, head over to the website at artboxdnv.com. And don't forget, Artbox DNV is on Instagram at Artbox DNV. Until next time, thank you for listening.